The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, September 30th, 2022, season episode season 18, episode 41. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Miller Lite. It is the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, we've got a full show for you guys today. we got a lot of stuff to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Commanders, and we will take phone calls throughout the show. Call us, 888-855-2297. Again, it is 888-855-2297, and uh, we'll try to get to you guys as you call in. Uh, as we're talking about other things throughout the show. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. We're I'd be good. really good if William would have posted this thing. I'm trying to retweet it. <laughs> wow, you just call William out like I that. I love okay. William. William's one of my favorite <laughs> right. people. And I've you know there. he's listening it's right there. now, too. It's I know there. he's listening. So. I know, William. I love you, man. I'm just trying to help you out, brother. Just William, give me. William, oh, there you go, our, William. There William you go. may be our best fan because he listens to every single episode, doesn't miss an episode, and always has commentary after the show about something that he liked or didn't like about the show. So he might be it's our He doesn't like me, and that's okay. I'm all right with that. <laughs> all right, let's jump in. Let's get some updates on a couple guys that – uh, that we're trying to find out if they're going to play this week. Uh, J. Ron Kirst, Dalton Schultz, what are we hearing? I like. Uh, I mean, I think both of them have a chance to, to both have a chance to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like that. Uh, I mean, Schultz. We talked about all week. Schultz had a pretty good chance last week to play. He didn't. So you know, looks good for him this week as long as there's no setbacks and it doesn't sound like there is one. J. Ron Kirst, same thing. Michael Gallup. Is that on your list too? No, Sorry. I'm just assuming he's going to play. I'm hoping okay, that well. mentally he's right this week. But okay, I think what? that's get. I think that's getting a little overblown. Well, I just think. I mean, those are his kind. Of, those are his I, words. I, I know, of, I know. But anytime you throw that in there, it just sounds like he was scared to play. I, I just no. think. I, 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 okay. I, I, I know. I just think that it's like he's he's going to be ready to go. Whether I mean, I think that you know. The knee bones connected to the hip bone type thing. It's all, yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same. Mental, physical, it's all the same. So I, I think, I think like, if he's not ready mentally, then he's not ready physically and vice versa. That's right. kind of what I'm saying. And, and I think that's true. I think Mike McCarthy did a good job this morning on 105.3 The Fan of saying that. And he was like, look, the way we look at it, he said the way I look at it, is all those three things are whether a guy's ready to play or not. You know, I think the outside media probably thinks of it like, well, when he's physically ready, then he's back on the field. Sure. But he said, on our, on our from a football perspective, we always look at all those things. And he said, we look at the physical, we look at the emotional, we look at the mental. And all three need to be right because when guys are coming back from injury, you want to make right. sure they feel good about where they are so, before they go out there. So, Like hypothetically, yeah. if a guy has a, sh- a thumb injury, he might the thumb might be ready to go, but you wonder if mentally he will. He might you need know, another some, nine weeks. Just something like that. <laughs> Rest of the season, I don't know, AIR. Go ahead, Amber, sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say like when I heard that last week, to me it was kind of shocking to hear those commentary, like that comment of like, okay, well, he wasn't ready mentally. But yet it was like something that, man, I really respect that, the, the, the way that they've handled because typically you would imagine, okay, you're under contract, you got to play. Like there's a reason why we're paying you. If you're physically ready and 
our medical staff is saying your body's good to go, then go. But the fact that they are like to hear that kind of support on the mental side of things is just very um I don't know the the word I'm looking for, but just refreshing. Refreshing, yes, that's a good word. So it, it's nice to hear that, and I would assume, given that support and hearing the comments from his teammates, even Ceedee Lamb yesterday talking to the media, he's gonna be back on that field, and I would imagine this week just kind of got him pumped up and ready to go. After what happened last night to Tua in that game, we're all now the the sense of awareness for injury and I think it's even heightened even more we saw what happened to him against Buffalo last week then they played a Thursday night game those images were horrific of him laying on the field last night and him getting carted off and the one thing that I know and I've been super critical of Mike McCarthy through his administration here the one thing that I do respect about him is he does have an understanding about injury, and he does have an understanding about, hey, let's make sure that the players are okay with this. Let's not just put them out there because we're trying to save jobs or we're trying mm-hmm. to win games. And I, I do respect him. I've talked to a lot of people around the league, and uh, he's one of the top ones when it comes to, hey, let's make sure that our players are right. I've worked with organizations that hasn't always been that way. It's like, hey, why are we not playing this guy? You only have 17 of these things. Why are we not playing this guy? And I think the thing with the way that the the training staff here, the doctors here, the head coach, I think they actually do it the right way. And if you know, if if uh, Dalton Schultz isn't ready, and you know, and and the receiver's not ready or anybody else is not ready, and they're not putting them out there, it's for a reason. And I think they do it the right way here. I really, really do believe that with my heart. Yeah, I think, honestly, I mean, the world has changed. Let's be honest about it. Like, football we grew up on is not football of today. There was this stigma, I think, that came along with it that you're not tough if you – Don't play hurt. If you you don't play hurt. That's really the thing. It wasn't even about the mental side. It was like, literally, even if you're hurt, get back out there. And I I do think that has changed. It's probably changed for the better because – Let's also remember this is a game, guys, and you're, you're talking about people's lives, and these are people. So I think it's changed, and I and I was actually I was with you, Amber. I, when I heard the statement at first, I was kind of like, oh, that's interesting, and then I thought about it, and I was like, you know, it's kind of refreshing yeah. that that they're thinking about it, and the player actually can be in a world where right. he plays football, but he can say, you know. I don't feel like I'm quite there yet. I don't feel like I'm ready yet to get back out on the field. And nobody has to look at him and say you're weak because of Yeah, before you would never even dare to say those things out of your mouth, like let those words come out of your mouth, to use like I'm not ready mentally or anything like that. That that was like frowned upon. Mm -hmm. I'm over here. (laughs) I need a dictionary, an English dictionary. (laughs) But it's just, yes, definitely refreshing to see that they do have now that kind of openness to speak about it because we know that it goes beyond just the physical aspect of things. You got to be like, otherwise you risk another injury. Like if you're not there and you can't process and comprehend what's going on and, and allow your mind to give your body the signals that it needs to to move and react you definitely might risk another injury. Yeah, there's there's injuries that these guys are going to have to deal with the rest of their lives, whether it's bones, uh, knees, ankles, shoulders, backs. Those are the things that are really part of the game. The things to do with head injuries and trauma and stuff like that, that's something 
you, you know they're trying to do these studies and they're trying to figure these things out. They're trying to make better helmets and things like that. And you know, I'm talking a little bit about the Tua situation, but it, it, I think it's overall. You know, you, you're really not going to have a product uh, if you don't take care of these players. You know, and 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 we're having a point in time where there's a lot of young families that are not letting their sons play football. They're just not. It's the you know, and, and you're having to talk these uh, these parents into, well, no, it's safer. It's safer because, you know, 20 years ago, Ronnie Lott's cutting off his finger to play in a game. You know, that's he, – hey, just – I know extreme. it's I know it's, <laughs> I know it's messed up bad, but cut the finger off. I, I, I got to play. You know, that – I hope we're not doing that anymore. You know, I, not, not for my entertainment. Yep, you know. yep. All right, let's go to the phones. We got a call from Fernando in Miami. Fernando, what up? What's up, guys? Big fan. Thank you. And Amber, I want to start by saying you're the most beautiful thing on this earth. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, I just want to talk about the uh, the controversy, the quarterback controversy. And I've been thinking about this even before Dak's contract. I think there's a couple of games that Dak played that I did not like that he didn't play well. The New England game, I thought that was a big game when they went to Boston and Brady was there, and he couldn't pull off a win, and he didn't play well. The Titans, not the Titans, well, the Titans game, the first game with Amari Cooper, he got a couple of breaks early in the game. We got fumbles, and we only got field goals out of that game. And then Thanksgiving, the Chargers game, the Buffalo game, he was totally outplayed by those quarterbacks. And then, you know, last year the Denver game and then the San Francisco game, the playoff game, we had 10 points going into the fourth quarter. So maybe there should be a quarterback. Oh, and there's one more game. We went to the Detroit game in uh, Dallas like two or three years ago. The Cowboys played the Lions. Uh, at the end, we pulled that game off, I think, with Amar Filgo that, you know, Dak threw a bomb to Ezekiel, and we almost lost that game to Detroit. So those games made me think, damn, is Dak, is Dak worth all this money? Well, let me ask you a question real quick, sir. What about other games you feel like he's played well? Other games he has played well, but I think he's been lucky. That no, he's he, been he wasn't it. lucky to beat. He wasn't lucky to beat Aaron Rodgers his first year. He wasn't lucky to beat Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, this guy's won games. He's won some big games for you. Yeah, you know, but I, I mean, think I, I think you're cherry picking some games. But I, I think the thing about it, if you're thinking that Dak is making too much money, is that what you're basing this argument on? No, not the really the money. Just and the way he, the Cowboys wanted him to get five years. He took four. You know, and now he, you know, I'm thinking, wait I don't a minute, think that's dude. his fault. I don't think that's his fault. That's a strategy that him and his agent and the Cowboys, the Cowboys could have negotiated with him much earlier than this. They could have got this deal done much earlier. They chose to, to take this route. True, but I also think he's been lucky. He's been in a bad division with bad quarterbacks. I think that's helped him out a lot. Okay. Right. Thanks for the call. I, I, I get a little bit. I listen to a converse, I mean, a, a, a comment like that, and I think my, the first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, so name me the quarterback that you can go through their career and didn't have games where maybe they didn't play their best or didn't have games where they lost when they didn't have a good first half and they didn't have enough to get their team back to win it. Like, name that quarterback. 
Because I think that's an unfair expectation. If you're going to go through Dak's entire career and you can pinpoint five games, yeah. I think that was the number, five games where, yeah, this might have been Dak's fault. Let's assume it was his fault in those five games out of his entire career. I, I just I don't know what the argument we're trying to make here. Are you? Because to me, the argument you're making actually says he's a pretty good freaking quarterback. If yeah. he's got five bad games in his career, I'll take that. That's just the nature of you're not you're playing against professionals. You're not going to be perfect. Every game's not going to go according to yeah. plan. Every game you're not going to be at your best. Like that's the nature of being human and playing football. I, I just real quick, I remember that game he was talking about in New England though. That was a bad weather game. Brady was bad in that game. It came down to defense and special teams, I think, in that in that particular game. I, mm-hmm. I think both quarterbacks, Tom Brady wasn't very good in that game either. So it was really Belichick, you know, the scheme and what you were able to do there. I, I like what you're talking about with the, you know, I think there's some faults of Dak Prescott. I think there, I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's an elite quarterback. I think these elite quarterbacks, their ability to see, to read, to find, uh, you know, to make those throws that you know, that, that are those difference-making throws. I, I think Dak is – I think even if you – you know, this this group right here that I'm with, they did a documentary with, with about Dak, and it and they even talked to Dan Mullen, his coach, and they think, you know, hey, the guy, he wasn't about throwing the ball and things like that. There are limitations that he has. There's limitations that he has. And that's – there's a reason why those guys are elite. But, you know, the other intangibles that he has – you know more than make up for some of the deficiencies that he has. So I, I don't. You know I, I, I really wanted to believe. I mean I was disappointed after the first game. I really was because on 105.3 I was like, listen, he's going to put all this injury stuff behind him. He's going to come out. He's going to be this Dak we saw in 2016. He's going to be mobile. He's going to be able to do everything. But it didn't happen that way. But he, I know this now. He's got limitations. You know, and you know, but I'm willing to deal with the limitations because I think there are other things about his game that that put him into that that group where you're saying, okay, you can win a lot of games with this guy, and they've won a lot of games with him playing quarterback. It's not just the other team's quarterback was bad. Do you, you know? think? Do you think that the money is what people have absolutely problem with? with absolutely, that? yes. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. They think that. I mean, but then again, if you ask him. You ask people, well, where do you think Dak ranks among top quarterbacks in the league? They'd say probably anywhere between 7 and 15. That's probably where he ranks money-wise. He didn't when he signed the contract, yeah. but where he is now, he's probably the 7th or 8th highest-paid quarterback. I, but people don't also – go up there. I'm, sorry. I'm just saying, I mean, they, he's, he is where he, where he is. And I think to call him lucky yeah. is is very short-sighted. Because I remember him getting carted off the field with in New York with his ankle turning the other way. It didn't look. seem very lucky to me. <laughs> and getting his thumb slammed into a helmet that uh, you know on a throw, a routine throw in the fourth quarter. That Where a backup guard didn't pick up his guy. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I mean, I don't think he, I don't think luck has, has been anything a part of his career. I really don't. You know, and, th- and his life. Yeah, this guy. I mean, every Mother's Day, ask him how lucky he thinks he really is. So I don't. I don't have a problem with calling Dak Prescott lucky. He's earned everything that he is to this point. He fights his ass off. He's a football player that plays quarterback, and I don't think everybody in the league does that. So yeah, to say here's six games over the course of his career that he didn't win. Uh, what you know, we we have time for the other fifty eight or whatever. Yeah. I just thought that that's short sighted. The thing about the money thing, that's I, I give Dak and his his agent a lot of credit. He waited you out. You know, he waited you out. The Cowboys could have been much more proactive and made this like a almost like a Jimmy Garoppolo contract, $25, 28000000 million. 
but you waited, you waited, you waited, and then you talk about not taking the fifth year. He's thinking like, okay, if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to compensate me for that, I'll take a shorter contract and I'll get back at this again. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll make you, I'll make you give me a third contract. Yep. You know, and so when you start to talk about, and 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 this, and this is the the thing that we deal with. It's money. Tank Lawrence dealt with it. Every Amari Cooper dealt with it. Everybody that makes money has dealt with that. Like, well, they're not worth that. That's that's the low hanging fruit when you start to like criticize players. He makes too much money. That's the first thing you know because you don't have a really good argument other than well he's he hadn't looked good against the Patriots. He didn't really look good. Well, how about the other games he did look good? Mm-hmm. You know, and you, and you talk about bad quarterbacks, bad teams. You know, Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl just a few years ago. You know, he has a career winning percentage against them that's pretty incredible. If the last time I checked, you know. I'm the first one to criticize because this is kind of what we do on here. But I've also learned over time to look at it a different way. It's like, okay, it's easy to criticize a player, but then what are the options? If not him, then who? And I've realized, too, Cooper how Rush. difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, true. <laughs> and on the next segment. <laughs> and on the next, yeah. No, but I, real, I realized how difficult it actually is to find a well-rounded quarterback. I was here. It's tough. I, I got here towards the end of, you know, when Tony Romo got towards the end of mm-hmm. getting closer to the end of his career. I was here when we went through different quarterbacks. Uh, Matt Castle, um, Kellen Moore. I'm thinking of all these other ones that I can't remember their names. But Brandon Whedon. Uh. Brandon Whedon, yeah. Not a very nice guy, but not good on the field. Um, but anyways, the, po- the point is I went through that little period where I, I saw how miserable it is to not have a quarterback that you can feel that you can win games with. And yeah. then you get this diamond in the rough that just suddenly appeared in a fourth round and he starts winning games for you and he starts playing and he shows everything that you would want a quarterback to be. The only problem is you're not going to get... Perfection. <laughs> Perfection. And Aaron Rodgers or yeah. uh, Tom Brady type of players. And the thing that I feel that we always talk about here as, as far as Dak Prescott, he does need the help. Most quarterbacks do. And it just hasn't gotten you to where you want to be. But I think that you got to look at everything else that surrounds Dak. And it's not just his fault. In, yeah. in, in When Nick first started covering this team in 1999, I was starting the same time in, in personnel. I would have killed to have Dak Prescott as our quarterback. Mm, mm, we had mm. nobody. We tried everybody. We tried baseball players. We tried everybody. A couple could, baseball players. We mm. tried guys that were broken first-round picks, uh, you know, Ryan Leafs. We've tried everybody. I would have killed, and I would still be working in scouting, I believe, if I would have had a quarterback that was as good as Dak Prescott. But that's how hard this is. It's how hard it is to find these guys. You know, I think we got very fortunate with Tony Romo. Nick will tell you, he was covering the team. These guys are all covering the team in when when uh, when uh, Quincy Carter fails a drug test. We were going to cut Tony Romo. Yeah, mm-hmm. that shows you how close we were to really screwing this thing up. Yeah, you know, those are the kinds of things. I mean, Dak is not perfect. But if you're getting on him about certain things, he's not he's not perfect. He doesn't throw the ball perfectly. He doesn't read all the time very well. But there's other traits that he has that makes him a winning quarterback. And I would have I could say I would have killed to have a guy like that in two thousand. Yeah, it's ironic. I was actually just telling Nick that this morning about how when uh at the point when when Dak got here, 
I was actually loving the idea of keeping Dak in in place of Romo when even when Romo was healthy. And the main reason why was because you go back to the early 2000s, and I remember how how much it was not fun. Those five and eleven seasons. When you don't have a quarterback, when you don't have a quarterback on You're your team. You're in hell. You, yeah, because every every season you enter the season knowing we're basically fighting an uphill battle. And as you go through the season, you're like, there really is no help on the way because if the quarterback doesn't play well and then you're going to play these other really good quarterbacks and you're not even beating the the average quarterbacks. Like you don't have an average quarterback. you got quarterbacks that are down in the lower part of the league. It is no fun. And and so I think when, when the Cowboys got – I will say they got lucky to get Dak Prescott. When they got lucky to get Dak Prescott, to me that became a godsend for them. And I'm not I'm not doing the anything scouts, necessarily run that away. The scouts thought they had Dak Prescott and Jamil Showers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the argument. Wade Wilson's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we doing here, boys? You know, no, no, Wade, we've got him. Jamil Showers, that's Dak Prescott. What? You know, I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. yeah. that's the kind of things. That's the kind of things you go through. You know, when you're when you're trying to find the quarterback position, that you're just like there's some unbelievably bad decisions made along the way yep. trying to find that guy. So you, you better be careful what you wish for if you want to move on from guys. All right, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back. We got some phone calls already lined up. We're going to get some matchups too. A couple different positions I want to talk to these guys about. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far with up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less. The satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts. Find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more with Essilor. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Our segment here is presented by Blockchain.com. Let's jump to the phone lines. we got a call from Tom in Roanoke, Virginia. Tom, what up? How you doing, Derek? Good. How are you? I'm good. I, I think the quarterback discussion about Dak... And Brian has been on this and probably seen more of it than anybody. When when Tony Romo went out and they had to play Dak, you have to give credit to Scott Linehan that said this is his comfortable skill to win the game and used as many plays that were in the playbook that focused on that skill. After that first season... They decided, okay, this guy has the, the ticket to be a franchise quarterback. We have to transition him into a pocket passer. I, I just think everyone says we want the rookie Dak back, and I think that Dak is a winning quarterback. I just, you know, sitting in the pocket trying to pre-snap read the defense isn't his strongest suit as much as it is in a RPO situation. He reads the reaction of the player in front of him or the, the player in the play to continue the play. Does that make sense? Thanks for the call. Best thing. I mean, um, it's not about rookie Dak. I mean, I think I'd rather have rookie Zeke. I mean, I think that team <laughs> was – I'd rather have 2016 Frederick rookie and Martin. And, yeah, and that offensive line. I mean, yeah. I, I think that that was – Ron Leary. Supporting cast <laughs> yeah. around him. <laughs> Uh, was was a lot stronger, and you know, you said that earlier about you know playing for the future and and playing and trying to keep developing Dak, and and and, and I get it. I mean, but but in hindsight, now you look at it and go, okay, how much did he change from sixteen to where he is now? And he has, he's developed, of course. Um, but that was also their moment. That was their time. That was they drafted Zeke to play with an experienced Romo, and he got her, and he got healthy-ish again, and, you know, I think you can still look back and go, I wonder what would have happened if Romo would have played later in the year, uh, played in the playoff game. But you couldn't do it because Dak had earned the right to to be the guy. And so, I I mean, but it was just it's one of those what-if situations. I don't think that it was Dak's fault they lost the Green Bay game. I think it was – I think there was – you know, I think he went toe-to-toe with that guy pretty well. I think that there was some – I think I hit a third nineteen yeah. on you. I don't think Romo gets down twenty-one to three, but Dak brought him back. So I mean, yeah. I, I, it, it's an it's an argument. And the other parts of that too, like that, Romo's had some games where he's sure. had to bring them back, and you know, it, it's been I, those kind of games for him it's too. This, it's I, I would have liked to see it, but if 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 they win the game, and yeah. you know, Crosby doesn't make that field goal, they go win the game, or if if then just, you catch if, Atlanta at home. If if yeah. Heath. I mean, yeah. he blasted Rodgers. If he fumbles the ball, oh, that's any what I'm other saying. quarterback, that's what I'm saying. Kick it. No one ever yeah. asks if yeah. Romo should have played. Right. So, yeah. it, it is. It is what it is. So, um, okay. I thought it was a miracle, by the way, that Rodgers held onto that ball. Me too. Okay. He holds well, onto the ball throw. on the other no side of the catch. field. Orlando Skandrick is standing there, and it's going to be two hops into his chest, and it's going to be ball game. Yeah. You know. So that's, that's Skandrick would have got it. I think he would have got it. Okay. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> Skandrick would have got it. He was standing he there. He would have scooped that one he up? He would have scooped that nah, one up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to ask, and this might be dumb, but whatever. Uh, I didn't get to see much of Romo's career playing, so I'm just, as I sit here and listen to you guys, obviously different players, but could Dak be just another Romo? Like, as far as what he ended up giving the Cowboys in his career type of stuff. Not how he did it, but just kind of it never led to where you want to well, be. Well, let, let me ask you this question because I, I I have a hard time with that sometimes because I think people people are very black and white about quarterbacks. It's either you're a championship quarterback or somehow you underachieved. And, and the way I look at that is I think winning a championship in the NFL, although Tom Brady makes this statement seem stupid, is very, very hard. Um, and there are some really good quarterbacks. I'm talking some excellent quarterbacks that have never won a championship. So I don't necessarily think it's fair. We don't do it with any other players, but I don't think it's fair to say you're either a championship level quarterback or you didn't quite get, you aren't quite good enough. I think Tony Romo was a really good quarterback in this league. And I don't think the championship was necessarily the, how I grade him. Now, he might not have been among the best. But I think he was a very, very good quarterback. And so when you say that, I would say, yes, Dak is right there in that same range as Tony. What I mean by that is those very, very good quarterbacks, not the ones that are going to be best in the league, not the ones that are going to the Hall of Fame, but in that next echelon of quarterbacks, I think Dak can be there. I think that's a fair place to put him. Somewhere like Nick said, somewhere in that, I would have even say more like about that 6 to 12, 6 to 11. At any given point in his career, I think he's in that range. And to me, that's a very good quarterback. Getting to a championship about is about so much more than just yeah. quarterback play. There's a lot of other factors involved. A lot of in luck, that. too. It, it is. There's a lot of other Trust factors me, that I've the quarterback there. has yeah. no control I've over whatsoever. Injuries. You know? yeah. Yeah. Better chance for Romo, real quick, because you're the historian of this group. Yeah. 07 or 16? Uh, well, if he could have run a team, he ran the 07 team, but which yeah. one of the team do you have a better shot at? Oz- 07, I think the game against Carolina, the uh, the game where I got pink eye at halftime. <laughs> that game, though, when T.O. got hurt, high ankle sprain, I think that changed a lot because I think they really could have gone, and, and I think they would have beaten the Giants. He ran and around anyways and played. But I think that 07 team was probably the better chance there, but I don't know. I mean, it, I've always said this about Romo. If he would have ever won a championship – he would have been I think he would have been considered the best in the NFL. The best in the in the league. Cuz think about it. It only took one out of Rodgers or Breeze. They've only had one and yeah. they they get yeah. considered that yeah. way. If he would have done what he does, Romo things in a championship game, Super Bowls and all that, he would be considered the best of that time. And I don't know if they, if they, if Dak if they win it, you know, if they win it and they win a Super Bowl and Dak's the guy He'll definitely get elevated. I don't know if he would ever be considered like, well, he's better than Mahomes. Yeah, but he'll be better than Brad Johnson and 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 the you know, the guy at Baltimore. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean in the league. I mean, I mean they will throw I mean, in into that league. terrible list of guys. Well, go you know, no, no, no. Trent Dilfer won a no, 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 Super Bowl. No, 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 not that. I'm talking you know, about Eli Manning won I'm a, talking you know. about his six to twelve. Oh, okay. if he won a Super Bowl, yeah. he would be like three. 
Don't well, you but, think? I, but I think I think the difference is like, for example, I would the way I would equate that is like Rodgers versus Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Like Roethlisberger was right. always considered that top five guy. He was rarely considered when you start saying the top guy. Yeah. But but he was he won championships, so that, that got him into that yeah. top five. Dak would be that top five sure. kind of guy. Maybe not the top, but he would sure. be that top five kind of guy with the championship. Rodgers is running into a, a, this thing where he's a great regular season quarterback, mm-hmm. and you get him in the championship games, and uh-huh. he doesn't finish. It's true. That's going to be one of those things that they're going to say. It's almost like, like Jim Kelly in Buffalo <laughs> back in the day. You know, Jim Kelly yeah. with all well, the super and not finish. Never could Fran get Target, the not yeah. finish. Well, if you want to knock guys, you can always do that. People try oh, to no. lock, they yeah. knock LeBron James for that same reason. Yeah. Like he doesn't win all of the. But he's always in. That's fair, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, it isn't fair. That's fair. My God. He's not. He's not Mike. It's it's okay. Okay. Not everybody can be. Oh my God. You know what? I like you, but you're not Jesus Christ. So you know what? You're not. Hey, it's fair. But he was supposed to I'm be. I'm with you on Mike. I'm just saying. I'm with him too. Yeah, okay. I'm I think Michael's saying. the best. Yes. But he'll I, always be the best. That's fine. This guy was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan, and he was. He's just then not as good. He's not him. Yes. Okay. What, I mean, the expect yeah. Michael Jordan was supposed to be the third pick in the draft, and he was great. This guy was supposed to be Michael Jordan, and he. He was. Welcome back to Talking Lakers. I'm sorry. I just, I just, but but I just think expectations. A lot of times, what I one thing I hate is when people get judged off expectations mm-hmm. that you created. Right. Like you created so who's this wrong expectation. Here? Yeah. yeah. So who's wrong? It's like okay, well, oh man, this guy, this guy's got him in the playoffs every year, and it's like, but they can't win. It's like true. Okay, you're right, but those expectations are created because of you. So I think it's not always fair. All right, we're gonna take our final break. We will come back. We got another phone call lined up. We got some questions from fans, and we got some matchups we need to get to. We got a lot to do in the final segment. We only got 15 minutes. We will figure it out. We'll be back. back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. This sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweets says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? 
Bank of America NA equal housing lender credit and collateral subject to approval restrictions apply this is not a commitment to lend When you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Back to the break. This Sunday, October 2nd, from 11.30 to 3.30 here at the Star and the Ford Center where the Cowboys are taking on the Washington Commanders. You can bring your kids to the first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign to register your footballer for camp. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the, of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Mellow Light, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. I got to say real quick, as a personal thing real quick. You mentioned October 2nd. That's this Sunday. It's my wife's 50th birthday this Sunday. So I want to say happy 50th birthday to my beautiful wife, Sunice. We won't be on the air Sunday, so it's a good day for me to say it. And just You're okay with you re- revealing that type of information? Yes, absolutely she is. We both have an agreement. Like we are we're okay with the idea people know we're about to be fifty. We're okay with that. We're living our lives. Big. And she looks amazing. Yeah. She does. By the way. Well, she does. And you like the fact that, that she's older than you. Yes, I do. Yeah, you probably <laughs> Look, I'm, that. I'm the little tenderoni, man. You know, I'm her I'm her young stuff, you know. But all right, anyway, let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get back into the show. We only got fifteen minutes in. We got a lot of, we actually only got eleven minutes here. Uh, but we got a lot of stuff. We got a, a lot of ground we got to cover. Real quick, I want to get some matchups, some ideas on some matchups and how you guys think these matchups will play out. Let's talk first about the Dallas wide receivers versus the Washington cornerbacks. Uh, Brian, you talked about it yesterday, how yeah. aggressive this secondary is. It is. How do you guys think that plays out? I'm interested to see what happens with – I would go after, like I say, there's the two guys you have to worry about are Kendall Fuller and then uh, Benjamin St. Juice. And those are the two guys. We'll see what William Jackson does. I, I was talking with some people in Washington. He just hasn't really been healthy enough. But the other two corners are doing just fine for them. They've got a couple of good safeties that have played. Uh, this Derek Forrest is a good player for them. So how will they do that? Will they try and take the safeties and take guys away from you? If they're going to leave somebody by himself, I think they're going to probably leave Fuller by himself. So uh, – Look for look for the the safeties to work with St. Juice in this game. So whoever is on Fuller, the ball needs to go down the field. Mm-hmm. No, take a shot, take a shot or two if you can. If you have to max protect that thing, take a shot against these corners. They're super aggressive. They'll bite on underneath stuff to try and get interceptions or get past defense. The other big matchup I want to talk about actually there are a few others, but this the next one I want to talk about is the Dallas offensive line versus the Washington defensive line. Nick, how do you think that plays out? Well, I think that you know play action is going to be important to take those shots down the field, but to do that, you got to run the football too. You got to make them honest in, in how they run it. So I think it's going to be really big. I, you know, listening to McCarthy this morning about Jason Peters, it was hard to get a good read of what they're doing there and, and what they want to do with him. Uh, I think he's going to play some and probably play more than what he did. I'm not sure if he starts, not sure how they handle that, but he definitely has the size in there and, and, and the beef, and that's what you you need against the, that those guys but running the ball is going to be key because it's going to allow them to to throw the ball down the field and, and, and be more creative with the offense I would rather see Nick's buddy sooner than later 
to be honest with you. Peters. Uh, yeah, Peters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of beef there in the middle of that defense. Yeah, I, yeah with Payne, Payne, Allen, those guys, you, you just can't let them – you can't let them just wreck yeah. shop on you when yeah. you're trying to run the ball. It's going to be hard enough for uh, for Farniak and you know and the center to be able Biotis to be able to handle these. And guys. he's you know he's played with the Eagles. I mean he's played against Washington before. Yeah. He kind of has a good familiarity of what they're doing there scheme wise too. So even if he's playing a different position, he he understands kind of what they're doing. You guys expect him to be the starter this week. I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to no. start, but man, I tell you what, the second play he needs to trot into the game. <laughs> is it that important to make get get yeah, Farniak this yeah, start? I, I, I mean, just, I, I just feel like though, you know, you know, you saw last week that he that he's capable. This team looked different with him, you know, in there running the football. Yeah, and it helps that rookie to his left to know that his mentor's to the right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. When he walks back to the huddle, you know, they, they could, you know, after a big play, you know, I'm sure that Peters is going to say, hey, good job, good job. You got to be alert, man, when they twist this thing up, get ready. They're going to twist on us. He's going to rock back in his stance. And, you know, he's going to talk to the rookie the whole time. Whereas I, I think Farniak has done a nice job, but there's just not that power and there's not the experience mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is what they're going to do to us now. Get ready, get ready. And, and I have a feeling that if they win this game and he's played quite a bit, Tyler Smith is going to say that, 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 Peters was a huge help to him throughout that game. Okay, so here's the final one. Who's the best quarterback this weekend, Cooper Rush or Carson Wentz? Cooper Rush. I think skills-wise, I think skills-wise, it's 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 probably their guy. Skills-wise, when but but your guy's not broken. Their guy is. Their guy Mm. is very mentally fragile. Mm -hmm. Now you talk about big arm. He's capable of launching this thing. Mm -hmm. If Dallas doesn't. Dallas doesn't play well in the secondary. He's capable of firing this ball to Terry McLaurin or Dotson or Samuel if he gets time. Yeah. But there's mentally, he's not very strong. There's just more room for error on their side than yeah. Cooper Rush. So mm-hmm. to me, that automatically makes Cooper Rush a better quarterback because of the scenario that he's going to be playing in. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, you know, I mean, Cooper, I mean, Carson Wentz is like Texas weather. Can be really hot, can be really cold. And Cooper Rush is more California, where it's going to be kind of steady and going to be calm most of the time, and, and that could be good enough. You know, mm-hmm. and it could be really good when it's there. I think, I think there's, you know, so it's up to the Cowboys' defense to put him, put Carson Wentz in that cold weather situation, and you know, and I, I, I just think that. Um, I, I, I think on his best day, I think Carson Wentz is better, but I don't know how many, how frequent that really is. This is a game where I actually want to see what Malik Hooker does because I do think they're going to probably take some shots and they're going to have some situations where I think they're probably going to tell him, look, you're going to take a five-step drop and you're going to launch it and we're going to see what happens. That's why I want to see somebody like Hooker be able to track, get to the ball, and make a play on the ball. He I did think that in the Tampa great, game. Yeah, yeah, this would be a great opportunity yeah. for him. To Terry do that. McLaurin is, and 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 usually, the, if you look through history, though, there's been traveling. Diggs has Diggs traveled. Diggs has shut him D- down. Diggs yeah. has traveled with McLaurin in the past. So man, but helping over the top is not. You, Jahan Dotson, though, from his days at Penn State, is a vertical player. Exactly, and yep. he can run. This and he's a, had some. He's had some big plays already yeah. for them earlier this hey, season. This is a big game for Jordan Lewis. I think Jordan Lewis in the slot because the guys like Dotson, yeah. McKissick, Samuel, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, yeah. It's those type of guys. It's going to be a tough matchup in the inside like that. I think it's going to be real important for Jordan Lewis to play a good game. All right, let's get a phone call real quick from Chris in Indianapolis. Chris, what up? What's up? Love every show you guys got. Thank I you, really sir. want to apologize for the most ridiculous call I've ever heard in my life. 
I've listened to your guys' show since you've been on the internet, 47 years old, and that guy cherry-picking Dak's game. If you don't like him, you don't like him. But here, I'll name a quarterback that's had a perfect game. No one ever, <laughs> ever. The, the New England game, a rainstorm, a windstorm. Brady had a terrible game. I think that game was lost because of a blocked punt. It was. Second, the DBs, that's going to be the key of the game. Because those receivers can make plays. Everybody, the Cowboy fans think that because the Eagles got nine sacks that we're going to get 15 sacks. Don't work like that. Last, love the show and prayers to Gavin Escobar's family. Sad, sad situation. All right, thanks for Thank the call. You. Yeah, thanks for the call. And uh, yeah, Good Gavin job Escobar. Good job, Call up, Derek. Yeah, Gavin Escobar. Um, we we heard the news last night that uh, that he passed away. Uh, very sad situation. Nick and I, I think you you kind of you you made a comment about kind of what he and other tight ends that were brought in during that era yeah. kind of meant. Uh, but what were your thoughts on Gavin first? Yeah, of all? yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd rather start there. But um, yeah, Gavin. I mean, and, and a quiet guy for sure. And um, uh, was 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 here, you know, to to kind of be a second tight end and help complement Jason Witten and all that. And his career wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And and you know, he bounced around a little bit. I'm sure signing with other teams, hoping that he could, you know, be that second tight end. It just didn't work out. But but more than anything, I mean, here's a guy that you know he's 31 years old and he's got a wife and two kids and you know he, he serves the community as a fire department you know and and it's just it's sad it's, it's sad and and you would think we're getting used to this 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 uh season this year yeah, it's tragically been it's been a crazy year like that but it never does get easy to hear anything like that and it's just it's terrible news and i'm sure everybody i mean i i know you know you guys were all just blown away when you heard about it yeah, yeah, it was obviously not expected. I mean, you—it's one of those things where, not to say that it's easier or expected when you're dealing with someone who's older, but definitely when it's someone who is in the prime of their life and you hear that they've passed away, it's very, very shocking. And I was just completely shocked when I when I heard the news. Yeah. And my thoughts and prayers go out to his his, his wife and kids. And and it's just it's just a sad situation all the way around. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea he was even working at the fire department. Yeah. Which was, I mean, that's amazing. Uh, very sad news. He was actually one of my first interviews when I first got here. Spoke Spanish, right? He did not. Oh, I thought he. I thought he was one of those guys that. that no, he just has the last name that it's in Spanish. Yeah. But, but There's no a story there. It's yeah. it's not funny. Not, he, no. no, he he did not speak Spanish, but he was one of my first one, okay. and and just the fact that he, you know, me coming here, it's very intimidating. Something new. I've never spoken to yeah. players and things like that. But the fact that he was a quiet guy, he was that kind of personality that was just calm, just made me feel comfortable. He always had a smile, didn't speak much, but he would always have yeah. a nice smile. So it's it's pretty devastating to hear anything like that yeah. happen. It's sad. Uh, and what what I was referring to about that too is I I do think Gavin Escobar, Martellus Bennett, Anthony Fasano, those guys those guys extended Jason Witten's career. I think when they drafted, they kept drafting these second round yeah. tight ends. Jason Witten was the type of guy that was like, "Oh, okay, you really want to draft the guy in the second round? You think you think I'm done? Is that what you think? Okay, watch this. You know, you your pick. hold my beer, watch right. this. I'm gonna, right. you know, set records here and that, and and it never got him on the field. You know, he didn't yeah, want to yeah. come off the field. The two tight end sets and all that stuff, especially not to catch the ball. So, uh, no, uh, you know, and, and that's, but again, that's not why we're talking about Gavin Escobar. I mean, I just thought 
I thought about that sort of yeah. with with Witten, but yeah, it was a sad deal. Other stuff that he talked about in the in the call, he talked about you know we, we already we thought you know that was a small sample size to talk about Dak, but what else did he say? Corner corners. So I was just gonna, trying to yeah, go through the calls. No, they're, they're, they're going to get tested. Yeah, yeah, they will. I think we are. You know, I think we that that's kind of what we're talking about with the matchup. Like I it's going to be a. It's gonna be an interesting. What was the name, Chris? Was he from Indianapolis? Indianapolis, yeah. That's awesome because <laughs> I just think because his accent makes me feel like home. You know what I mean? It's, whether that's Texas or Arkansas, yeah. or whatever. Now, you know he's in Indiana, and probably people give double takes like, "Where are you from?" But <laughs> I love it. I love it that that's that is home to me. Yeah. All right, we're gonna uh, real quick get into our picks for the game. Let's uh, go around the table. What do you think is gonna happen, Nick? You wanna go? Yeah, um, I've said this a lot. You know, as far as trends go i like where the cowboys are going score wise on offense they've, they've gone up three weeks in a row in defense it's gone down three weeks in a row so i'm gonna keep that theme going i think they're better than washington i think it'll you know i think this has some signs of being a trap a trap game but um i think talent's gonna just override here uh, especially on defense going up against the offense so i'm gonna go cowboys 24 to 12 all right got I mean, one i got the cowboys winning um 30 yeah yeah why not why not (laughs) i mean why not they i i think that right now i'm trusting cooper rush and his arm and his peacefulness and mindfulness of you know being thoughtful in his throws and all that i think that cd lamb will have a much better game i think that if michael gallup does in fact play in this game the offense is going to have a whole new look to it this week. So I'm excited to see that in the running game. I think it's going to keep being steady how it's been uh, since last week. So Cowboys 30, and I have them maybe like 17, 17 okay. points. I'm going to go with uh, you can either get a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. I think they're really close on on hitting both of those. So that'll help you. Dallas 27, the Commanders 20. Hmm. All right. Uh, And I actually think this is going to be a much closer game than a lot of people think. I I actually think – I look at it like this. I think Washington's a better better team than New York. Yeah. I think Dallas beat – New York and a lot of the game, Nick, you even mentioned this at one point during the game. Yeah. It didn't feel like the score was really reflective of what we were watching. Mm-hmm. You felt like the Cowboys were the better team throughout that game right. against the Giants, but the score was not that. And I think the reason why is because the defense does what it does. It keeps the other team out of scoring situations, and and even if they're going to give up a score, it's going to be three typically. And the offense is not a, a, a high-scoring offense. It's an offense that's going to take some opportunities. It's going to get some scores here and there, but I don't think they're going to necessarily blow anybody out. Um, and I think because of that, then you look at a Washington team that I think has a much better defense, that has better skill positions on offense. I think they will score a little bit more, and I think, uh, and I do think that that Dallas will have to have to score a little bit more than maybe they would in some other games. But I think Dallas wins this game. I think it's a close one. I think it's 24-19, um, and I think it's close all the way down the end. It'll be a good game. I think a really good game. Dallas, if they get the ball, I mean, check on have they been doing a good job? I know the Giants game wasn't, but the the Cincinnati game, the Tampa game, the first 15 for the Cowboys has been really yep, good. Yeah. Be nice if they could get on this board. Penalty free. I yeah, because they, they were moving. So, something like that, get seven up you know, and, then, and then rush the passer like a son of a gun. Yep. 30 points sounds like a lot, but really when you think about it, I mean, I, I mean, 
Noah, Noah Brown was mugged in the end zone. They didn't call mm-hmm. it. I mean, that, that's a four-point swing probably. Yep. And then you miss a field goal too. Yeah, they had a drop six, pass. Yeah, six. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, they're, they're seven points away from that, and they, they, they left a lot of points on the field. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think they're too far away from getting to that 30, 30 Yeah, the, the only thing I think about there is, like, I think that's what they are right now, is they're not going to be perfect. Right. Like, they're going to be those moments that are just not going to quite work out because that's what they are right now offensively. Uh, I think I agree with you, Brian. If if it's going to get to 30, I think it's going to be because the defense or special yeah. team will give them a score, yep. and then often offense will fill in the rest. But appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll tell you what went right and wrong for the Cowboys. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?